so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Can you hear me? Is that right? Nice and loud. Do you know what I realised this morning? It's like, you know when you go and visit someone's house and you're a guest and you go for a meal or whatever, you get there, you might take some food and, and then you have a certain amount of time to get through the discussions of that day, don't you? You've got, you know, you, you have your meal, you talk about what you want to talk about, then you go home. Do you know what I realised this morning? I'm, we're home. And, and we don't actually have to finish the conversation that I start this morning. Unlike when I was a guest and I came, I don't actually have to finish what I've got written down. Because, well, I've got 10 years at least, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. So thank you for that. Can I have the piece of paper to sign out, man? That's awesome. But I really felt this morning, a bit echo there, I felt to, to start a kind of a bit of a backstory. Has anyone watched a prequel of a movie? Have you ever like Red Dog? I love Red Dog. It's one of my favourite movies. Yeah, you like Red Dog. It's awesome, isn't it? But there's another one called Red Dog Blue. That was the backstory to how Red Dog got there. And there's a whole bunch of them. I looked at them. I'm not going to go through them. There's a whole bunch of movies that actually relate to backstories. There's cop ones as well. And I'm coming from a police background. There was one I used to watch. And, and then they took you back to when this woman joined the police when she was only 18. And all the scary stuff. And it really made sense as to what the rest of the movies are about. So what I'd like to do this morning is just start with a bit of a backstory. The backstory of how did Keith and Pam get here? Because there is a story to it. There is a backstory. And for those of you who are here on the 23rd of October last year, I preached a message called When God Interrupts Your Plans for His Purposes. And so this is kind of When God Interrupts Your Plans for His Purposes, the prequel. So I'll tell you a little bit about the backstory because it, it didn't just start last year. I've just been realizing that God's been doing a number on Pam and I for quite a few years. He's Jehovah sneaky, is he not? And he did a, he's done this, this sneaky thing. So a little bit of it. One of the last scriptures I shared on the 23rd was this. It was from uh, Psalm 138 verse 8 and it says, The Lord will work out his plans for my life for his faithful love endures how long? Forever. forever. You remember. That's it. His faithful love endures forever. I mean, at least 10 years, apparently. But there you go. So the prequel was a little bit like this. It goes like this. As Dan said, we've been coming here for a number of years as friends of the family. And God connected um, Nick and I quite a few years ago. God was, he, Nick was away at a conference or a pastor's retreat. And the Lord just said to him, Go hang out with Keith, have a coffee. He's got no agenda. And I haven't. What you see is what you get in both Pam and I. This is it. Sorry, it doesn't get any better than this. And if you're looking for a perfect church, well, we've arrived now, so you've got no chance. But it's like you know, we, we met up and we had a coffee and we, we discovered we quite liked each other. So we were hanging out and then this guy in Sydney contacted me and his name is Paul Zanardo. And Paul used to be the Baptist pastor at Grace Point which is where Nick went. And he said, you should meet this guy. And I said, too late. God's done that. He did the same to Nick. So we met and we became friends and we journeyed along. But it was just friendship. And Pam and I, you know, Pam met Christy and we just became friends. But when we came here, every time I came here to preach, I always felt like it was a home. 
And every time, Nick and I would joke and say, well, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I'd be with you out at Murren Bateman. And we'd say, well, if we weren't doing what we were doing at Murren Bateman, we'd be kind of here. And here we are. But just a few little things. In 2020, the Lord gave me a word about a revival of love when we were in lockdown. And I've shared that here, and I will share that again another time. But he also gave me Isaiah 62, verses 10 to 12. That scripture says, build up, build up the highway. Make it easy for people to come. You know, for many churches, for people going to churches, they might have been bashed up. Sometimes it's hard for them to go to church. It's hard for people to connect with the people of God because things have happened. But he said, build up the highway. Make it easy for people to come. Remove all the hindrances. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I can be that hindrance. Get everything out the way. They will be known as the people who God loves. And I really feel God spoke to my heart that in this valley, his believers, his people are going to be the people that God loves. And the people, people want love. They want to be in a place where they can be loved, where they can be cared for. And they're actually there's something really attractive. We'll talk more about that scripture. So today is about setting out just the beginning of a journey. In the next few weeks, just want to sp- kind of share what God has spoken to us about this church in this, this valley. So it kind of went like that. And then in June 2021, I don't have many dreams. Does anybody here dreams a lot? And you get dreams and you get prophetic words. I don't dream that much. But in 2021 in June, I woke up one morning having this weird dream. I was in a relay race. And I was number four. And and I'm running along and the the guy behind me shoves the baton in my hand. And I look back just briefly. Because if you look back, you know what happens if you look back when you run in a race? You fall over. You can't win the race if you're having a look and check on your back. But this thing just hit me and I glimpsed. And I just saw Nick. And it was bizarre. And I packed that away. And do you know, I didn't even realize that was in my journal until I was preparing for today. And I'm wow, God, you did a number. That was back in June 2021. And then I came here and I preached a message not long after that about Peter being recalled to his first love. And do you know what my first love is? It's Jesus. If you haven't worked that out. You've got plenty. We've got 10 years plus. We're going to work out that I love Jesus. Pam is my second best friend, and she's okay with that. My best friend is Jesus. Jesus has brought me out of the dark stuff, and he's brought me into his glorious light. And that's what he's doing for all of us. But in, the, in John 21, 15, I was sitting there, Peter, God asked Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? And I've shared that message, and it's like God started to speak to my heart about his love and his love for this valley. So I went on, I went into quarantine lockdown again. It was kind of repetitive, that wasn't it? Back in, and this was sort of back in 21, we got in that really big lockdown. And I ended up working at a a quarantine center in Canberra, helping people who couldn't live safely in quarantine at home. They would come into this place that we'd set up. Then it, it moved from that to be a food relief service. And I got the privilege of giving away $8 million worth of Canberra's ratepayers' money for food for people who were in need. That's kind of nice. You know, I don't have 8 million bucks, but during that time, I went back, and in January last year, I went back to my old little part-time job, and I was a bit disgruntled, I've got to be honest. It was like, I really enjoyed doing that work and meeting people and being, just being where my heart was again, and God said, this is it for this year. And I really felt something had changed in my heart. This was it. I didn't know what was coming, but I went home and I shared that with Pam and journaled that. This is it for this year. So be happy in the here and now. God had me. And God took me to places to talk to people all through that year. But on the 24th of April, I came here again. 
And I preached the message, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to it. And I remember Neil prayed for me in that meeting, and I remember that picture was there. And we were talking about seasons, and I knew you were approaching you know, a transition. I know Nick had gone part-time, and, and I was sharing stuff from my heart, and I hadn't got a clue what I was sharing, saying, you know, God's got the plans for you. I actually said, God has the plan. It's, it's okay. You, it's, it's okay. And, and it was weird. And then in May 2022, I went to another church in Canberra with Pam. You just grab the, the money's in the bottom of the middle of the bag there. Um, and I, again, I was preaching this message, and at the end, and some of you have heard this, but at the end of that message, a little lady came up to me, and she, um, she actually had this bag has been sitting in my bag for since then. And she came up and she told me she collected, you know, little one dollar coins, and, and I said, that's nice. She said, then God tells me who to give them to. And she said, and God told me to give you this. And in there, there's $27. Why is $27 significant? Well, in 1999, when God called us here, we needed $27,000 in 10 weeks. And we, had, we, we didn't have that. We needed 30. We had three. And a lady in our old church gave us a £10 note. And at the time, it was worth $27. And I just felt the Lord say to me, I'm, it's, a, it's a call again. It's, that, it's a refining of a call. And I've been sitting with that, not knowing what to do with it. And this morning I said to Pam, I was having a shower, and the Lord said, that's to go into the offering. So don't run away with the offering, because that has to go in. That is a seed. And it's, it's just a seed that we have to drop in there. A seed for this, this place. So that was carrying on. Then, not long after that, I was walking my dogs. And I think I shared this on, on that thing, but I didn't give you the backstory. I was walking my dogs up the hill at our property, and the Lord said to me, Keith, do you love the people at YCBC? I mean, of course I do. They're friends. Nick, they're all friends. He said, no, do you really love them? Do you agape them? Are you passionate about them? And I came down the hill and got home. I walked through the door and Pam said, hey, have you been thinking about the people at YCBC? I said, why are you asking that? I said, what are you doing? And she said, oh, no, just washing and just, and just thought I'd ask. And it was like, okay. And it was like a whisper. At that point, it was just a whisper. So, a couple of three days later, a friend of ours who's a Presbyterian minister, for those of you who have ever grown up in the Presbyterian church, they're not given to the prophetic move of God. And he's been a friend of ours for a long time, and he was the second in charge of the Air Force chaplains. And he called me up to see how a, a meeting had gone that I'd been at. I said, hey, can I share something with you? And he said, before you do, I need to say something to you and Pam. So, put it on speaker, got Pam on the phone. He said, I was praying for you two days ago, and as you know, I'm a Presbyterian. And I'm very, you know, sort of word-orientated, but I just felt the Lord say, wouldn't it be lovely if the people of Yass Community Baptist invited you to come along and be their next pastor? It's like, nearly fell off the chair because the whisper became a shout and I just sat there and I wept. And Pam was there and I just wept. I had nothing. What, what, I was just lost. I was broken. I was just kind of, and, and this whisper became a shout. And that afternoon, I was coming for an SES thing and I walk in and Nick, I bump into Nick. And Nick's in a place that he shouldn't have been. And, and that's not a dodgy place. So I was like, rephrase that. Nick was in Woolies. Let me see what I mean. Want to be a perfect church? We haven't got one. You know? He's in Woolies. And, and he was on his way to, to a, I don't know, it was a camping trip. And he, shouldn't, he just ducked in there to get something. We ducked in to get something. And I just shared. And he said, well, I think you better talk to Tony. And I talked to Tony. And so that kind of the process started. And I asked for a scripture. The Lord said to me, 
And I, oh, I said to God, I said, I need a scripture. We need a scripture because when we came to Australia, God gave us a scripture to stand on. It was Isaiah 61. And he's calling us as the great Southland for Isaiah 61. And when we were in the Philippines, we had to go somewhere and God gave us a scripture not to go to a certain place. And I know that, that when God gives you a word to stand on, that's, we stand on the word of God. And we have to stand on the word of God. So when he gave me this word, was, it was actually John 4, 31 to 38. I'm not going to do all of that, but it talks about reaping, reaping a harvest that you didn't actually physically sow. We have sown for 24 years in various places. But it was like God said, you're coming to reap. There's something going on in this valley, people. God is about to do something. There's a harvest coming in this valley that I don't think we've even really got to grips with. So that, that kind of encourages us to keep going. And then at the end of August, so just to bring it right up to date and finish this backstory before we get into the, the word that I want to share with you this morning, is I was at a conference with Pam. It was Connections, which is the current denomination we were ordained under, and we were, I'm, I'm transferring out of that and into Baptist land, as Gray shared last week. Welcome to Baptist land, he said. And, and even that process, you know that process two weeks before all this started was made a whole lot easier. God doesn't want things to be hard for us. He's made that a whole lot easier for us to, to move into this. But we were at this conference uh, up in Tweed Heads, and we were meeting at uh, a church called the Hub Baptist Church. And the reason we were meeting there three years ago, um, we connected with the Baptist guys up there. We were meeting in a hotel, and he said, come to our church. Because the key speaker we had from the UK, he'd been in his Bible college many years ago. Anyway, walked to the, in the conference. We were there for about a day. And Steve Smith is this guy's name. And he came over to me on the second morning and he put his arm around me. He said, I need to say something to you. I said, what's that? He said, the Baptist needs you, Keith. And I just looked at him. He hadn't got a clue. And he just smiled and walked off. And then on the final night of the conference, um, we were having some prayer with the, this, uh, a guy called Robert Mazabak, who is the guy who came from the UK. And Robert runs amazing church and he's a very humble man of God. He's, his humility is just... It, it broke me three years ago, the way he, he, just, he just said, Keith, stop running around. You're doing this, you're doing that. God just wants you to chill and rest and just be in his presence and he'll show you. So here we are three years on. He says, oh, you're here again. And he prayed for Pam. And the word he had for Pam was that, girl, you thought that was the end of the book. That was just chapter one. Get ready for chapter two and three and four. And he said to me, Caleb, he just looked at me and said, Caleb, go stand on your mountain. The people will love it. You'll love it. It'll be a blast. Just enjoy what I'm calling you to. That, for me, cemented it. And then the very next day, that was a Thursday, on the very next day, Friday, Pam and I had a day off in Queensland to just enjoy the sort of floating around before we came back. And Carl called, uh, texted me and he said, I'm preaching the first preach at YCBC. Would you come and support us? So Pam and I came that Sunday and then there was just a whole bunch of stuff that unfolded that Sunday. And hey, here we are. So that's a little bit about the backstory, because when, when, we when I was having the wedding ceremony next week, that Dan, last week that Dan was conducting, and he says, you know, I had to say I do. I went home. It's like, wow. All I said was I do twice, and I was like. But there was friends of ours here from our YWAM days all the way through to all the churches we pastored, uh, Unity College where I taught. They were, there was people here just coming, and it was beautiful to see the journey. But one guy came up to me and he literally said to me, okay, Keith, what's the backstory? There's no way. What's the backstory? So now you know the backstory. So I was preparing a message this morning and it was, uh, it was a great message. It was all about Caleb standing on the mountain. 
But God said, that's for another time. What I'd like to share with you is, is actually out of the scripture that Ken read this morning, which was Romans 12, verses 9 to 13. I felt the Lord say, love is the key. Be the people that God loves. Be those people for the, you know, for the people around us. Key, the love is the key. And as we grab this, it will transform all of our relationships. Our relationships in this community. Actually, the, one of the versions I, I like to read sometimes is the Passion. And it actually is titled Transformed Relationships. So Romans and God said, you know, do you love the people? And I have to tell you that Pam and I, with all of our hearts, we love you. God has done something here. It's not a, a, a wishy-washy love. God is expanding our love for people, but it's, it's, it's God. Unless, unless we can love you with the love of God, then what, what use is that? So in the time left, I just want to touch on some of these things. Just these, a few little points out of this, this scripture here. But the context of Romans. You know, Romans is, is a, a beautiful book. And I actually feel that at some point in the next 10 years, we'll get around to preaching and working through the book of Romans together. It is a powerful, it is the gospel. Romans is the gospel. And when it gets preached and worked through properly, it's the gospel. It's the full gospel. And from chapters 1 to 11, Paul expounds that gospel. He, he, he knits it and he takes you, you know, if you thought you were good with God, none of us are good with God. But he shows us how to be get right with God. And he takes us all through. And it isn't until chapter 12 where he begins in very practical ways to explain how do we live out that love? How do we live the love that God gave us. Back in Romans 5, it says, you know, that before we even knew him, before we were, you know, even met God, we were sinners. We were in filthy rags, and he loved us. And he went to the cross for us. But here it is in Romans, it says, how we should live, changed by the gospel. The people who were receiving the original book in Romans, you know, the Romans, Paul had written to them, and he, he kind of hadn't been hanging out with them. He'd written this gospel book to them. And, and they were under persecution. There were things in society going on there. They were facing challenges. There were racial divides. There were all sorts of divides that were going on in, Rome, in the Roman times that were causing problems. There was an increasing hostility towards people preaching the gospel. So that's interesting right where we are now. But as I was preparing this, I, I, God gave me this scripture. It says, you know, in Romans, transform relationships goes from Romans 12... 9 to 21. So we've got a bit of a blip next week because it's kind of like, well, we'll start this week, but we can come back as family in a couple of weeks and we can pick up the conversation. Don't have to rush through it. And that to me just blew my mind. Boof. And it was like, so we're going to pick this up and I'd like to talk about this first five, just five areas that come out of Romans 12, 9 to 21. And the first one is, is about the quality of love. Love's quality. And it's in, in verse 9. It says this, love is sincere and it's active, it's the real thing, it's without guile and it's without hypocrisy. And the Passion Version says, let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. And you know hypocrisy, if you go back to the Hippocrites, back in the Greek, the Greek actors wore masks. I didn't know that. They wore masks, they, they talked from behind a mask. And you know, you, many of you have heard from me for many years. That's all I did. I, when I was a cop, I had a mask for that. I had a mask at home. I had a mask in the pub. I was doing all these multiple masks, but I didn't know who I was and I didn't know whose I was. But it says, let it, let it be genuine. 
For love of God is real. It's genuine. It must be sincere. You know, most of us can tell when people are insincere. Yeah? Most of us can discern that when we're being disrespected and people are being insincere. It's so obvious, really, when you think about it and when you actually ask God. But I want to say this morning is that, you know, each one of us, me included, you guys, we're loved for who we are. Your love for who you are in YCBC and in YAS, not for what you do. Because if love is dependent on work or performance, the minute you can't work or you can't perform, guess what? There's no love, there's no relationship. And Pam and I have been in a church like that. Served wholeheartedly. And this love is a wholehearted love. We've served wholeheartedly. But when we couldn't do those things, it was like, where's the relationship gone? I don't feel like it. I know that that's not the case because we've hung around for a while with you guys. So we need to do that. We need to actually do it. Don't pretend we need to be loved. In the New Living Translation, it says, love has been there from the beginning. It's real. You know, love has been there right back in Genesis. Love God, you know, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Love the neighbor as yourself. And John 13, 34 to 35 says, you know, Jesus was speaking. He said, you know, love people the way I've loved you. So the love we need to give people is the love of Jesus. That's what transforms. So this word sincere, it actually came via the Greek into Latin. And, and you know, back in, back in the Greek days, there was no Tupperware. Huh? There was no Tupperware. They used earthen pots, right? So they used these pots of clay. And when a, when a pot cracked, when it cracked, it actually, they, they had to fix that up to make it work. And you see, this word sincere actually means, in Greek, without wax. Without wax. He's like, what? What's he talking about? What they used to do is get a bit of wax and a bit of dirt and fill in the hole, warm it up. And that's great. But what happens when wax gets hot? It melts again. The pot. So people would mend the pots, then sell them. And it was fraudulent. It, was, it was, wasn't real. It wasn't genuine. The only way you could do that and work out, is this a genuine pot, was to hold it up to the light. Something in that, isn't there? When we want to know if our love is real, we've got to hold it up to the light of Jesus. So this word in Greek, so these cracked pots, and I mentioned before, it then came from, from sincere into hypocrite. And so we, we don't act. You know, we've got to be real. And in Australian Bible, it says, be fair dinkum in your love. Be fair dinkum in your love for people. So have the quality of love. Don't be like Judas where he smothered Jesus with kisses. But it wasn't authentic. It wasn't authentic. It's about the agape devotion to Jesus and to others. The next thing I want to say is that it's about love's morality. Again, that's in verse 9. It says, hate what is evil, detest ungodliness, despise evil, and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Hate and love in the same thing. We have a loving God. Do we have a loving God? Yes. We have a loving God. God loves us. God is love doesn't just love us, he is love. And, and this thing about, well, how can he hate? And God loves, he loves everybody. Jesus loved every sinner he met. He just knew that the sin stuff was not good for them, eh? And I'm so grateful that the, guy, the night I got saved, I went down, I can't even remember what the guy was preaching about, but I remember this guy who prayed for me, he said, you're doing this sin, that sin, this sin, this sin, this sin. And that one, by the way, that the guy didn't preach about, there's six things for you. He said, but God loves you. And I came home. You see, God hates the sin because it destroys us. It's toxic. 
Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 gives us seven things that God hates. Proud looks, lying tongues, hands that shed innocent blood, hearts that devise wicked schemes, feet that run into mischief, false witnesses, and those who sow discord. Those who sow discord. One of the things that you'll get to know about Pam and I is what you see is what you get. I said that before. But you know one of the things that can destroy that sows discord is gossip. So I encourage you, as you get to know us, if you've got something to say to us, please say it to us. I'd rather you say it to me and we can work through that together than sow discord because gossip is a horrible thing and it destroys relationship. Love the Lord. So if you love the Lord, you will also hate evil. See, sometimes we can love Jesus or we can hate evil and become really judgmental on people who are sinning. But God wants us to love the Lord with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and hate the things he hates. So hate is, it's like a river. This is for me. I took it as, love is like a river. What does a river need to flow properly? Water. And whose is the water? Jesus is our water. He is the living water. And, you know, as you pray for us, you know, at a wedding, someone always cries. Don't you notice, but I was actually crying. We were, we were crying. Because that, the words that Leslie, when she presented that picture, was like, out of the streams of living water. Streams of living water. They're going to flow through, Yes. I encourage you, they are going to flow. That is something that came from when we stood on our property. Streams of living water. So you need the water to flow, but to enable the water to flow, you need a couple of banks, don't you? And what happens when we've had a few things that have happened, been in the SES, we've, I've been out at Yass River when it's been in high flood, and it's not a pretty place because it's overspilled the banks. But the banks of love that we need to think about are these. Truth and discernment. God always brings truth, but he always brings it with love. Truth with, with love, without love is harsh, it's cruel, it's nasty. And um, I don't know if you have been on the receiving end of truth without love. Have you ever been on the, the end of that? It's horrible. It's, it's really painful. But when you know someone really, really loves you, you can accept the truth. You can actually accept that. So there's discernment. So first it's pure and then it's peaceable. That's what you get with these things. But often we will sacrifice the pure and the truth to just have the peace. But the truth is, sin is really damaging. Number three, love's, com love's commitment from verse 10. Verse 10 says, be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection. That's phileo love that I talked about last year. As members of one family, give preference to one another. Give preference. In the King James Version, if you want to go there, it talks about kinship. Kinship, and often we have kinship care. You know, we are kith and kin. We come from the north of England. They talk about things like that. It's the kith and kin. It's about brotherly lamb, love, love for our family. We are the children of God. Romans 8 tells us that. You know, we are the children of God, moved by the Spirit. That is the true loving God that we have. But God wants us to have a deep relationship with him and a decent relationship with each other. And I look forward to uh, Pam and I have been talking about that, that, as we grow together, you know, as we grow together, families that grow together, who pray together, because if we love, we pray. We pray for things. If we love those things, we pray for them. But the thing about that is that God wants us to have this deep relationship, and you can't pick your family. I don't know about you, but I, I often say this, I can't pick my family, right? I've got some interesting characters, I don't know about you, but I've got some really interesting people in my family, and I can't pick them. What's it? Just, you. Just me. Yeah, I'm the interesting character. There you go. That's my wife, darling. But you know, 
We can have these interesting characters. We can't pick, but we can pick our family of God. God has brought us together. And it's amazing because guess what? We get to spend eternity together. So it's not just for the whatever years we're on this planet. As sons and daughters of the king, this is forever and ever and ever and even beyond 10 years then. Forever. We get to hang out. But we're in the hanging out. We need to love each other. We need to honor each other. We need to celebrate each other. And not say, hey, you know, I, I, um, I gave a donation to pay for these three chairs. Can I just have my name on here? Because I don't know if you've ever... I, I'd rather do things in secret. True story of a, a, someone I know, and he, he's preached this story, and he said to me, share it all you will. He, he was a young, a young pastor, a young buck, and he was, um, he was going down the street one day, and there's this car with the headlights on, and the window open, and there's nobody around, and he thought... Battery's going to be flat. So he leaned in and he turned the, turned the lights off. And he went to take a step and he went, oh, but nobody, I'll leave him a card so he knows who did that for him. And he said, wow. He said, I, God convicted me. He left that card. You should have done that in secret. Who cares who gets the credit? So, you know, as the people of God, as we go forward as YCBC, who cares who gets the credit? The king should get the credit. The king of kings and lord of lords. Philippians 2 says we need to have the attitude of Christ towards each other. You know, if you're married here today, if your husbands, then prefer your wife. Wives, prefer your husbands. Prefer your children. Prefer each other. Be willing to let others get the credit and celebrate with them. Yeah. Love, real love doesn't care. Real love does not care. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 7, it says, you know, it talks about Saul. Saul killed the thousands and David killed the ten thousands. And guess what happened with Saul? He got a little bit upset. He started throwing javelins. Please, in the next coming little while, we don't want to see some javelins flying across. We need to celebrate. We actually need to live that. We don't need to get angry. Doing good things out of love, it's all about the heart motive. We've sung about it here this morning. It's all about this thing in here, the heart, the internal heart. You know, not hidden. Keep it all. Die to yourself. Number four, love's expression. Verses 11 and 12. Never lacking or lagging behind in diligence and aglow in their spirit. Enthusiastically serving the Lord. And in the passion it says, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him boiling hot. That actually comes from the Greek. It is boiling hot. Radiate the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Do you get excited when you come in? I do. I get excited every time I walk in. God, what are you going to do today? How can we serve you? How can we lift your name on high in the valley? Get excited. And I've heard people say, oh, well, I, I, just, I just clean the church. So? Clean the church with excitement. You know, when we used to be in our old church in Canberra many years ago, one of my good friends who's been, he's gone to be with the Lord now, he's like my dad. And if you wanted to find him, he was a leader in the church. You know where you find him? You find him cleaning the toilets, cutting the bread for communion. Leaders are found doing those things because they're excited. It then says in verse 12, Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing continual joy. Don't give up in times of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Ken prayed for joy last week. Don't you remember that? You pray for joy. You know, happiness is about things that happen to us. We can't always be happy, but we can always choose joy. Let's choose joy. Number four, these expressions of love. 
Expressions of love come in four ways. Enthusiasm and practical. Being boiling hot. Be on fire for God, whatever you do. You know, one of the things that I do is I'm on fire. People say, hey, Keith, you talk a lot about Jesus. Well, what else is it talk about? I mean, talk about last night's television program, but hey, that kind of lasts about five minutes. And it's funny when you get out, you know, I go, go to restaurants and you talk about Jesus and people go, oh, we're in a public place now, Keith. You know, like, hey, this is the mall, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you know, just, just tone it down a bit. Be on fire, be with, burn with it. It says burn with enthusiasm. Let's talk about other things. You know, I, we've recently been on a cruise and I was in the lift on the cruise. I made a, made a thing about going up and down the steps, but this one day I, I just felt to get in the lift and I was talking to this guy and he started telling me he needed a miracle. And I told him I knew someone who does miracles. And I got to talk to him about Jesus, about miracles that have happened. And, and he just said, I said, can I say a quick prayer before you get out? So I did. And he got out and I didn't see him the rest of the cruise. But after he got out, I went down to my floor and just before I stepped out, there's a voice behind me and this guy says, can I have prayer too? Because I need a miracle. And then I got out the lift with this other guy and he said, well, actually, I'm glad you prayed because I've had a miracle. You know what? Starting a conversation about Jesus wherever we are, nothing to be afraid of. Be on fire. Pray. Pray. The second thing about an expression of love is hope. Rejoicing in hope. Love produces hope. Love produces hope. Hope of the things that we cannot see. We need a hope. We need to pour out love because it produces hope. It doesn't take much to go and sit with someone and show some empathy and love. You might not have all the answers. They don't want the answers. They just want to know that you care. I read something this morning. You know, people aren't interested too much in what you know. They don't care about what you know until they know that you care. You know, people want to know, that. do you really care about me? Does the church really care about all the things that are going on? So just keep doing it. Produce hope. Believers' hope is way better than non-believers' hope. You know, Psalm 20 talks about those who trust in chariots. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in money. Some trust in where they're going to live. You know, Pam and I are in a place where we get. God took us there. God took us to the place we live. We don't know from one day to the next where we're going to be. But God took us there. Our hope is, is just amazing. You know, we have the hope of glory, which is Christ in us. Do you get excited about that? I do. The hope of glory, Christ in us. We've got hope that Jesus is coming again. That's an amazing expectation. And we're hoping for it. We can have a confident assurance of blessed hope. Love in action is also one of the things is being patient, patient in tribulation. Love keeps us going. Love in suffering. You know, when, when we've gone through tough times, particularly over years when our son was in and out of hospital, and people would come and they come with love, practical things, and they just deposit meals and they wouldn't say a word and they go away. And I know that happens here. And that's really cool to know that people just love people. They hear, oh, such and such down the road needs something. Go and provide it. Just provide love. And hope. And then the final thing in the, this, this expression here of love is, is prayer. Praying is, is not, you know, people pray, even non believers pray when they crash their car and go, Oh, Jesus. Now I've heard it. I'm sure they're praying. But we can pray to Jesus and we can ask for people that we know need prayer. Prayer started is okay, but we need to pray without ceasing. The word tells us pray without ceasing, keep praying. Pray that, you know, prayer, continual prayer is a key. Jesus had that, didn't he? He had a persistent thing. Ask, knock, keep.
keep asking, keep knocking, keep praying, keep seeking. It helps us be patient in trouble, in times of trouble. So when people say they love people, I know they're the people who pray for people. Because they do the practical, but they're also praying. And the last thing I want to talk about this morning, just as we wrap up, is love in action. Love in action, verse 13. Contributing to the needs of God's people. Pursuing the practice of hospitality. And in the Passion it says, take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people. That's you guys. That's us. We are God's beloved people. Remember Isaiah 62, the people who God loves. And then it says, respond by helping them. And I've had some great stories even this week of people helping, bringing meals, taking meals to people. You know, love, love cares. Love is about distributing to the needs and it's about expressing hospitality. This is this other thing. It says, eagerly welcome people in your home. Hospitality. Hospitality isn't just about having a big meal. That's actually entertainment. Hospitality for us with Pam and I, Pam is, you know, she's a qualified chef by background. And sometimes people go, well, you know, we go, oh, I can't invite them over because Pam, you know, she cooks fancy food and all I've got is a, a toasty. We don't care. Hospitality is about, hey, I can't cook. Do you want to go to Macca's? Hey, do you want to go have a coffee? It, it's hospitality is a gift and I believe it's a gift that we can all we can all do that. We can distribute fellowship. It's about fellowship. And fellowship is about koinonia. That's the word that the fellowship is about, koinonia. Loving strangers. Literally loving strangers. Uh, we take communion. And I know we take it regularly here. And it's wonderful. I love communion because it is the thing that Jesus said. Keep doing it until I come again. And it expresses our love. And it's actually a fellowship because we have one Father, one Spirit, one Son, one Lord, one baptism, one Bible. And guess what? We have one destination, which is eternity with Jesus. So it's not just about inviting the people going, oh, I don't want any strangers. I don't want any weird people. That's how we get invited, because they invite the weird people. But you know, it's like we need to reach out and look with the eyes of Jesus to people. So it doesn't matter if you can't cook. We, you know, hospitality, when we go to churches, we once took a lady to church in another, it was in, in Canberra, and we took her there because she was a really troubled woman. We'd been working with her for a while, and she got there and she became highly upset, highly upset in the middle of a service. So Pam took her outside just to soothe her and pray with her, and someone from that church actually told us we were welcome to leave. Welcome to leave. They are words that I will get upset about if I hear them around here because I know I won't, but welcome to leave. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you're welcome. That means get out of here. That's too problematic for us. But you know what? Nothing's too problematic for Jesus. We want to be the people that God loves. We want to be a welcoming place that warms and just brings them in. And I know it already is because we've been hanging around here. Reaching out to show love. Showing love to strangers isn't about getting big theology. It's not about me standing up here every Sunday giving you big theology. It's about me standing up and encouraging you to have big, burning hearts. We need big, burning hearts, people. We need them for the lost. We need them for the broken. We need them for, yes, for the people who are here. You've only got to walk down the street and God will give you someone to talk to. Absolutely. That's how I got to the kingdom. Somebody actually talked to me. They loved me into the kingdom. 
You know, we need to make a, a difference in 2582, and I believe that God will do that. We'll make it with the love of Christ. We need to be believers, we need to be lovers, and we need to be hopers. We need to be believers in the faith that we have in Jesus and in God. We need to be lovers towards each other and lovers towards those that we meet. And there's a hope. The hope we have is that Jesus is coming. So, let's pray, hey? Do you mind if I pray? Just wrap it up. You know, and I, I want to pray, and if you're online today as well, if you don't know Jesus, or you're here today, and you don't know Jesus, and you go, well, that was all cool, Keith, but that Romans, you know, 9 was all about believers and what they should do to love each other. Well, Romans 5, that I mentioned before, Romans 5, verse 8, says this, and it says this in the Passion. But Christ proved God's passionate love for dying in our place while we were still lost and still ungodly. While we were still lost and still ungodly. So if that's you today, I'd just like just to bow our, our heads. and uh, you know, If this Jesus I've talked about, this loving Jesus, is not the one that you know, and you want to know him this morning, I just encourage you while people have got their eyes closed, just to, just to raise your hands. I want to pray for you. Not to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and do whole weird things to you. Because God wants you to know he loves you. Yeah. Hey, Papa. Yeah, Lord, and if there's anyone online, Lord, just, I just say, you're welcome home. Welcome home this morning. All you've got to say is, Lord, I, I don't know you, but I invite you this morning to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Come and redeem all the things that are messy. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray for all of us today. Just to say, this conversation, I want to, we'll carry on in a couple of weeks. We'll carry on. And I just feel that the Lord wants me to carry on and finish this little bit of Romans 12. And uh, yeah, Lord, just right now, I just pray for each one of us that you would, this week, give us burning hearts for you, Jesus. Thank you for the burning hearts that are already here. Lord, they, they are. They wouldn't be here if they're not burning for you, Jesus. But I, I just pray right now for an increase an increase, an increase. An increase of your love, Lord, the love of Jesus. It's the love of Jesus that's poured out upon us, Lord. It's, that's the love that we can pour out, Lord. Cause us to be rivers of life, Lord. Lord, pour into us, not, not pots that we just save up for, for our friends, but cause us to be rivers. Rivers, Lord, that the, the love would just flow in and flow through and flow out. That where we go, Lord, we would carry the presence of Jesus that we would touch people. Just one last thing I'd love to share this, this morning with you in terms of the love of Jesus. I, this, this morning, our friend of mine this week is in America. And I don't know what you think, and I, it doesn't matter what you think about what's going on in America in Asbury. But he went there, and he's not given to emotion, my friend. And he found himself weeping because of love was so tangible and present. And then he said to me, Keith, he said, that scripture you just chose to preach on, by the way, was what started all this off. And I hadn't got a clue. So I thought, well, I'll have a look at this Asprey thing and I'll just, I'll just do a bit of worship and I, I tuned into it live and I just found myself weeping. And it wasn't a messy, disorganized bunch. It was just like you, us guys here. Orderly. God is a God of order and he loves his people's hearts. And whatever's going on there won't be what goes on for us. But God, I just pray that you'd pour out whatever it is that causes our hearts 
to be stirred and turned to you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.